0: are listening to Vantage Point Podcast, dedicated to giving godly perspective to everyday living. Let's get into this week's episode. What's going on everybody and happy Easter from Vantage Point Podcast. My name is Nick. I'm the host and creator of Vantage Point. And I want to thank you uh, for being with me on this very Very special episode of Vantage Point. If you didn't know, it's Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. It is the day that over two thousand years ago that signified the authority of Jesus Christ. It's a day we celebrate that our Savior has risen from the dead and ascended into heaven. And if you've been with us the last five weeks, you know we've been in this series called "Who Is This Jesus?" And this series actually was supposed to be titled "God Is," but as I came out of February in our dream Vision series, it was very clear and hearing from God that he wanted me to introduce his son to the world and, and really have this series focused on it. So for the last five weeks we've been looking at this question, who is this Jesus, right? Who is this man that lived to be 33 years old, who did ministry for three years, who healed people, who says he is the Son of God, who says he is the way, the truth and the life. The man who says, I am. And when we, with this being the final episode of the series and it it being Resurrection Sunday, I wanted to take a page out of Jesus's playbook. And and there's a moment uh, that's before the betrayal of Judas. It's before the garden we talked about last week. It's before the cross that Jesus asks a question. And this question is actually um, asked shortly after another question and it's recorded in three of the four Gospels. It's in Matthew 16, 13 through 16, uh, Mark 8, 27 to 29, and Luke 9, 18 through 20. And in all accounts, Jesus first asks, who do people say I am? And in Luke, it says, who do the crowds say I am? In other words, what does everyone else say about me? And his disciples give all these different types of answers of who other people say he is. And then in the three gospels, Jesus responds. And we're going to read from Mark 16, 15. It says, but you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? And uh, Mark 8:29 says, but you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And then Luke 9, 20, it says, but you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. And so this episode, part six of who is this Jesus is going to focus on exactly that question. And it's going to focus on not just who do you say I am, but who do you say? Who do we believe God or or who do we believe Jesus is? is and and really the first thing i want to touch on is why why this question right why is jesus asking them this question And, and quite honestly it's like you know he knows who he is he doesn't need his disciples to tell him who he is right being divine he already knew what they thought but what jesus was doing is he actually often asked questions uh to teach and it made people think and ponder about What was the lesson? What was the what was the goal he was trying to reach? And, and he often answered questions with a question, right? Leading people to find answers rather than giving them to him, uh, to them. And, and, and saying these things aloud, it, it led people to think about situations. And, and really, first, he asked them, like we just said, he asked them what others said about him and they responded easily enough right just a bunch of speculations things they've heard but then in the midst of their answers jesus turns the table and he says who do you say i am and 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 at that point it's not what the world thought anymore that didn't matter anymore it wasn't the mentality of the crowd that mattered what mattered to him at this moment was You've been with me for this long. You are my disciples. Who do do you say that I am? And now it was time um, for the disciples to claim Jesus's identity for themselves, not for the world, but for themselves. And again, Peter answers you are the messiah and in mark and luke uh the bible only records jesus continuing to speak of his coming death and suffering but matthew 16 17 through 19 gives a little more insight after peter um had said that you are the messiah and it reads jesus replied blessed are you simon son of jonah for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And Jesus shows just how important Peter's statement was. It was his identity as the Messiah, his identity as the son of God, that, that is the very rock and foundation that the church would be built on. And we really go a little bit further and say, why was this happening? What was going on when Jesus asked this question, right? And in all three accounts that, that this is mentioned, his exchange is recorded after the feeding of the 4,000. And at this point, Jesus has traveled all over, he's teaching, he's done many things, he's forgiven sins, he's walked on water, he's driven demons raised the dead, we talked about the miracles of him uh, for two weeks and weeks uh, three and four. Um, but then the disciples, they, they had seen all these miracles, and they had been following him for some time. So they, this isn't new to them, they they see these things. Um, but what well, even they had been uh, sent out in his name and preaching repentance and healing, and they've even casted out demons. And even after all this, Jesus still turns to them and asks, who do you say i am and and the disciples were at this point beginning to understand a little more who he was they were beginning to to understand what this title who this man was um, as the messiah and 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 that word um, that title was often misunderstood in those times and when we think about um just the foretold messiah right might be a military leader or 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 deliver from israel from roman rule right this may be a lot of the reason why jesus told the disciples after peter's confession not to tell anyone he was the messiah because people would misunderstand as we came to see a lot of people just didn't understand who he truly was and what he meant when he spoke And, and really what the point that we need to understand is that jesus came to do way more than just free us from earthly rule that that's not that was like a piece of it but that's not the whole uh piece of of what his mission what his ministry what his life meant uh and, and it would still take even after his death and resurrection for the disciples to really get it because even when we see we talked about it last week we we see jesus at his most human moment his most emotional moment and he he's the son of God. So literally think about it. Like, did he even need 12 disciples? Like he he's God. He is Jesus. He he didn't need it. But yet he shows us to have people around you. And in the one moment uh, that he needed them, they were asleep. He tells them to watch and pray and they were asleep. And, and, and we can see that their struggle with just really fully understanding who he was and who he is because they were right there. Um, But even after he told them this, this is when he began foretelling his death, because even before the question, who do you who do you say I am? He hadn't really given them the foretelling of his death yet, um, because this was a milestone that they had reached, that their faith had grown. It it had reached an extent that he can express um, what he wanted to tell them. Right. Because he had held this. Uh, from them because they began seeing they began walking with him they began this journey with him Uh, and and then he he continues to explain this that he must go to jerusalem he must suffer he must take the cup the the that he must be killed and raised on the third day And, and and he wasn't going to be the messiah that anyone expected uh he he wasn't going to be the savior That everybody expected and and when you think about like this is what was going on in the moment of this conversation but then we get to the crux of the conversation and and when he asked the question who do you say i am and and that term i am we we see that a lot in the bible and and i am is, is a really important phrase and even god himself first declares this name for himself in exodus when he appeared to moses in the burning bush and god uh, moses had said to god suppose i go to the israelites and say to them the god of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me what is his name and then what shall i tell them?" god says to moses i am who i am and this is what what you're to say to the israelites i am has sent me to you and Jesus also uses this multiple times he says I am the bread of life he says I am the light of the world I am the door of the sheep I am the good shepherd I am the resurrection and the life I am the way the truth and the life I am the true vine and, and let's not forget that before in John eight fifty eight, before Abraham was born I am and through these, he alludes to his identity as divine. And when we think about the I am statements, and I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty, Revelation 1.8. God is consistently, constantly claiming his identity. Even in asking the question, who do you say I am, Jesus Jesus is leading his disciples to the recognition of God, and, and for us, why does that matter? Like, why does it matter? Why have we spent the last six weeks talking about who Jesus is? Why have we spent all this time um, investing in, in 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 understanding who he is and and finding answers to this question? Because we can go back to to his time in Jesus's time, people. Had a lot of answers for who he was, just like they do today, and and we've seen some of that. We've talked about some of that. You know, people thought he was a prophet. Other passages thought he was he was accused of being the devil. Um, the Jews killed Jesus as a heretic. They they the Romans thought he was an insurrectionist. I mean, all of these things that all of these these instances that people thought. Jesus was this is their answer but yet even his his followers claimed that he rose from the dead and worshiped him as God and they were willing to die for him and 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 clearly whoever Jesus is in this and what we believe about his identity has consequences and we see that whether whatever side you're on there is consequences to that belief and, and when we think about it when the, what the Bible says is Romans 10 and 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And proclaiming Jesus's identity as God, as Savior, as Lord is part of salvation. And, and, and if he wasn't the Messiah, he, he was making outlandish claims. He claimed to have existed before Abraham. He confirmed that he was the son of God. He offered forgiveness for of sins, something only God can do. And he said, even in Mark 2, 5, that no one comes to the Father except through me. Sorry, that was John 14, 6. And, and one of the things I love when you think about this is there was a um, book called Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, and I'm going to read a quote, uh, excerpt from that book, and it says, I am trying here To prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make a choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madam or madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher he has not left that open to us he did not intend to and, and when we think about this this really this series this episode this whole moment that we are in when you think about the resurrection when you think about this holy week we've been in it all boils down to one thing who am i to you And really, the question for us all, the question whether you're listening um, in the U.S., whether you're listening across the globe, wherever you are hearing this message, the one question that this all boils down to is, who is Jesus to you? And I I was um, reading something earlier this week, and a question had came up. Why is Jesus your personal Savior? Right. And and it goes from this here we're reading about Jesus to now we're experiencing Jesus. And and really, just like the quote says, it's you can either you have to choose one or the other. It has to be a choice. Right. You either are believing who he is in totality or you believe nothing of who he is. You can't we can't half step in our belief in Jesus Christ and when i think about it like that's the when you core that's the core principle that sets christianity apart from every other religion is our belief that the supreme god of the universe god himself took on human flesh lived among us and then in his immense love died that we might be forgiven and if we're willing to claim Jesus as our Lord, you know, we can, there, there is a connection and a relationship that's built at that moment. And, and we had said it earlier in this series. I said it that this, there's a moment, the greatest moment in your Christian walk is salvation. It is the moment where you lay down your will and accept his will, you accept the belief that Jesus is savior and Lord, and that he died on the cross and rose on the third day. That that's a belief. That's a declaration of that. But what it ultimately comes down to is that moment of salvation as great as it is, is the lowest moment of that relationship. Because what, what I've learned, and when I think of the question Who do you say I am? Who does Nick Ruffin say Jesus is? And he is so much more than what you read about. And now the reason you can say that, the reason I can say that is because I have that personal relationship. There's a personal connection that goes beyond what I've heard preached, what I've read in the Bible, what I've experienced is what ultimately leads me to answer that question. What ultimately leads me to say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Jesus has rescued me. He has met me where I am and dealing with what I'm what I deal with. And, and and there's so much more that when I tell you I am one who did not grow up in church. I did not grow up with the belief of Jesus, of the belief of God. There were moments in my life due to my own insecurities and experiences that I did not believe there was a God. I did not believe there was, he had a son. I did not believe he sent his son to a cross to die for me. And the one thing I've learned in the last, my goodness, I would say five to 10 years is that Why wouldn't he go to the cross for me? There, there are so much, there, there was so much that I, I could express and, and tell you what Jesus has done in my life, how he's saved me from a world of sin. And that doesn't mean I'm perfect. It does. That's, that's the beauty of it. I'm not perfect. I've done things. I've said things I've committed sin, but yet. He still went to the cross before I was here. He went to the cross before the sin I was going to commit, was committed. He went to the cross before I was here because he still had me in mind 2,000 years ago. He had you in mind 2,000 years ago. And, And this whole series has been built up to this moment, this question And it's really a question within a question. And we've been asking this question again, who is this Jesus? But more specifically, who is he to you? And I know for me that when I think of Jesus, when I think of what he did on the cross, the only two words that come to mind for me is see red. And what I mean by that is I was able to experience something several years ago And where I was able to write out my sin, write it out on a canvas, I was able to write out addicted to pornography, I was ready to I could write out lying manipulation, manipulator, all of these things that I dealt with insecurity, shame, uh, doubt, all of these things I was able to write on a canvas. And then we entered a moment of prayer. And then in the midst of that prayer at the end, we had to go back up to the canvas and take red paint and dip our paintbrushes in the paint and walk right back up to our our sins, our issues, our mess and take red paint and go across our issues in the red paint and cover them in the the red paint and what that signified is that the blood of Jesus Christ covers our sin, the blood that He shed on Calvary, the blood that was shed at the cross covers your sin, my sin. It doesn't matter what it is. And I love, I've heard pastors say this all the time that the foot of the cross is level. It doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter what you've said, it doesn't matter who you are. That Jesus shed the blood. For you, he shed the blood on Calvary. For you, he went to the cross with you in mind. And, and there's something very specific about the moment of the cross, and, and and it's in Scripture where Jesus commits his 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 being to God. And, and when I think about that, there, there's there's you know, when when a person dies, they die. Like there's no. I don't control that like it happens. But yet in this moment, even at the moment of the cross, at the moment of his death, his last breath, Jesus commits himself to his father. At the last minute, he gives himself to God and it is finished at that point. And what I'm saying to you is even at the moment that you think you're out of time, the moment you feel like I can't change this there is still time to say, I give myself to you, God. I give myself because I know that Jesus went to the cross and, and that gave me a choice. And, and when you think about the last three days, when you think about what he endured, and when you think about what he did, know that it was all for you. And I love John 3, 16. It's a verse scripture you see it athletes write it on their shoes we see it all over the place but John 3 16 says for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life God so loved the world he made a choice and he gave his only son for the world and then on the cross jesus made a choice and gave his spirit and so today we have the opportunity to make a choice and i just want you to pray with me we've been doing this every week that we come to this moment at the end of the episode where i'm giving you the opportunity god is right there He's waiting for you. He wants you. He wants a relationship. And Jesus is there to to make that bridge and make that connection. So please pray with me. It says, uh, repeat after me, God, you love this world so much. You made a choice. You made the choice to give your son. Your son made a choice when he gave his spirit to you. Now I have a choice. I'm not a perfect person. I have sinned, but today I believe in the death and the resurrection of your son, Jesus. I believe that he died so I can have relationship with you. I commit and give my life to you. I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord and that you raised him from the dead. I openly declare my life to you. Amen. And and I'm telling you, I've said it every week. That if you pray that prayer, it is the greatest, the greatest decision you ever made. The greatest choice that you could ever make in your life. You, I want to help you. Please email us. This is vantagepoint at gmail.com. And I want to help you with resources. I want to connect you to some awesome ministries that I know personally, wherever you are, you can watch online. If you're in the area, you can visit but know that there are resources and this is something you don't have to do alone. That is the best thing about walking this walk with Jesus is it's not done alone. And let let me help you stick with us, stick with vantage point. We're gonna be going into an amazing, amazing series starting next week. And that series is gonna be called Mosaic. And the focus of that series is to show that the broken pieces of us, all pieces of us come together to create a masterpiece and we're going to find out what holds that masterpiece together what holds all those pieces together until so i invite you to come back for that series on monday share this series that we've been doing who is this jesus share it like it subscribe i right, thank you again so much for rolling with us and we'll see you next week on vantage point